0: Let us pray. May the words of our lips, or the words of my lips, and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Throughout this Lenten season, we have been spending time in the upper room with Jesus. Along with his disciples, we have been sitting at his feet in listening in on the final instructions he had for those who would continue to follow him after he had departed. We learn that following him is the only path that leads to salvation, that he is the way, the truth and the life. We learn that he did not leave us as orphans in this world, but gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, to be our guide, our help, and our protector. We learn that his path leads to the cross, where the glory of the Father and the love of God are put on full display. Tonight, we roll back the clock a little bit. Going back to the beginning of that evening with the disciples. After the Passover meal that Jesus shares with the disciples, he begins teaching them about who he is with a simple and yet profound act. He washes their feet. John tells us that Jesus, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I've often read that verse as a statement of how Jesus continued to love his disciples to the end of his time with them on the earth. And that is, of course, true. He did. But the Greek behind this word gives us a a more profound meaning of what is happening here. The word end here is telos in the Greek. And while that word does carry the the meaning of end as uh, as in something ceasing or, or stopping, what's being conveyed here is less about time and more about purpose. John tells us that Jesus loved his disciples to the fullest possible extent. That his goal, his purpose, his end, we could say, was to love them. And Jesus then puts that love on display with this act. This act that so scandalized Peter. (laughs) This humble act of service. In it he conveys the genuine love that he has for his disciples. He shows them the necessity of his love. He shows them the extent of his love and he shows them the humility of his love.
1: And it is those
0: things that we're going to look at this evening. We see just how necessary Jesus' love is through this interaction with Peter. When Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet, Peter does his level best to keep Jesus from debasing himself in such a way. Peter is offended that the Lord would stoop so low as to wash the feet of those who should be serving him. Lord, do you wash my feet? Never. It should never happen. Jesus rightly points out that Peter has no idea what he is talking about. And he puts the reality of the situation before him. If I do not wash you, Jesus says, you have no share in me. And that is what is truly at stake here. The truth is, if Jesus does not wash any of us clean, then we have no share in him. We cannot be in relationship with him unless he cleanses us from that which keeps us unclean. Unless he removes our sin from us. Now in this way, it's understandable that Peter doesn't Really get what's going on in this moment. Jesus' ultimate cleansing act has yet to happen. And that is what this foot washing is ultimately symbolic of. Symbolic of what Christ would truly accomplish for the whole world upon the cross. It's symbolic of, of how his... Blood would be shed to wash away the stain of our sin. Afterward you will understand, Jesus says. Because in just a few days, His work would be complete. And not long after that, the Holy Spirit would descend upon Peter and the apostles, opening their eyes to what Jesus has done for them afterward they would understand. They would understand that on this night, Jesus would stoop so low as to wash their feet, but once he was finished, he would put his robes back on, once again taking the posture of their teacher and Lord. Just as on the cross, Jesus would stoop so low as to die for sinners. To die for the sins of the world. And when that work was completed. He would rise and don the robes of righteousness. He appeared before them as their risen savior. This is what Peter could never understand in this moment. This foot washing pointed to the event that would show. That Jesus loved Peter and all the disciples and all of us. To the fullest extent possible. For without that love they and no one could ever be clean. The love of Jesus is necessary. For it is his love that makes us clean. We also see in this passage the extent of the love that Jesus has. John tells us that at this point Satan was already tempting Judas to turn his back on his Lord and betray him. But John does not tell us that Judas leaves. In fact, we know that Judas is still here at this point and he'll remain with this group for at least a little while longer because Jesus tells Judas later on in chapter 13 to do quickly what it is that he is considering. Jesus knows what is about to happen. Jesus knows that he will be betrayed and turned over to the religious authorities and he will be crucified. Yet, knowing what is going to happen, he lowers himself. And he washes the feet of the one who will hand him over. He washes the feet of the one who makes himself his enemy. Dear friends, only love to its fullest possible extent could ever do that. In our nature, when we encounter someone we think is our enemy, it's fight or flight time, right? We either want to fight them with everything in us or we want to run away as fast as... As we possibly can. We certainly do not want to serve them. And yet here is the Lord and Master doing just that. But if we know anything about Jesus. And anything about ourselves. This actually shouldn't surprise us. As Paul teaches us in Romans 5, everyone who is locked in sin is an enemy of God. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of our Lord, he lowered himself to die for us and to make us friends of God. And so here's the takeaway, friends. The love of God is not dependent Upon you. It is not dependent upon me. It doesn't come because I have made myself worthy of it. Or I have done enough that he might pay attention to me. And and then extend his love. I don't compel God to love me. He simply loves me. The love of God is not dependent upon me or you. The love of God extends far more than we realize and it covers far more than we give Him credit for. We often look at our sin or the sin of others and believe that not even God could forgive it. Not even God could love us with with this or that action on our ledger. We owe too much for him to love us, we think. We are too indebted. My friends, Jesus, Jesus loved Judas enough to wash his feet. <laughs> and he loved you enough to walk the hard road of the cross. And while, yes, our sin is what made the cross necessary, it is his love for his people That brought him to it. The New Testament scholar D.A. Carson said this. It was not the nails that held Jesus to the wretched cross. It was his unqualified resolution out of love for his father to do his father's will. And it was his love for sinners like me. It was his love for sinners like you. We look at this passage and we think, what an amazing God, as we should. What an amazing God that he would love Judas in this way, this one who was setting himself up in opposition to Jesus, but in a way we could actually say much the same for Peter. Peter loves the Lord, but it is a confused love. It is still filled with the, the pride of the world. It is it is a false humility that causes him to initially reject the Lord's work for him. We could imagine him saying, No, Lord, I, I know you love me, but but this is just too much. I don't need this from you. It is too much. It sounds nice. It sounds like Peter is being very pious. But it reveals that Peter doesn't understand how much he needs the love of Christ and how far the love of Christ extends. Now we can think the same of ourselves. Not that long ago I I had a conversation with a friend of mine who told me that God didn't need to worry about him. There's bigger problems in the world. God should focus on those things. He'll be just fine. Uh, There's a certain way of looking that where it might sound pious and humble. But in this case, my friends, while it might sound like a duck, it ain't a duck. In reality, it says to the Lord that we don't need him to be who he is, that it's too much for him to serve us. It's actually a rejection of the work that he came to do for us, and it leaves us separated from him. It leaves us unwashed, as it were. The love of Christ is necessary, and it extends to each one of us, even when we think we don't need it, even when we think, we're unworthy, it is still there for us because it is not dependent on us. The love of Christ also reveals his humility. John tells us that Jesus knew his hour had come and that he was returning to the Father. But more than that, Verse 3 says that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he lays aside his garments and begins to wash the disciples' feet. Jesus is the one by whom and for whom all things were created. He is the Lord and King. He is the most powerful and most real thing in all of existence. And yet he strips himself of his outer garment and he gets down on his knees and does work that was fit only for slaves. That's why Peter was so offended. How can someone we know has come from God whom we believe to be the Messiah act like this? The humility of Christ easily offends us. He is showing them that loving someone to the fullest possible extent is about laying aside what brings us honor and glory so that we might serve the one in front of us. Just this past Sunday we read that though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. You see, friends, in this moment with the disciples, at the beginning of this farewell discourse, the entire gospel is present. For in His incarnation... Jesus set aside his glory and took on the form of a man. Just as in this moment he laid aside his robes. He laid aside his position as teacher and Lord and took upon himself the posture and the dress of a slave. All so that he could wash his disciples clean. Humiliating himself. That he might serve them. It's exactly what he has done for each of us. Humbling himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. That we might be made clean. That we might be saved. And in the end, he takes up his robes, his glory again. In his humility, Jesus extends his unending, gracious love to us. The love we all need. The love that has been and always will be there for us and covers more than we will ever care to acknowledge. That is who our God is. He is our humble, loving, servant, Savior. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that he would humble himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Father, we pray as we enter into this holy week that you would help us to consider again the cross, consider again what Christ has done for us, and that for those of us who know him, you would draw us deeper into the knowledge and love of him. And perhaps for those of us who have never known him, who maybe are still offended by his work on our behalf or think that we don't need it, would you remove our false humility? Would you break away the stone that is around our hearts? Make us new creations this week. In Jesus' name, amen.